You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 34. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. All right, all right, all right. Here we are, episode number 34. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people. That is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. And today's episode is titled, What is the New Fiduciary Rule Everyone is Talking About? And before we get started on that topic, oh, and by the way, I know this doesn't sound like a great topic, but trust me, I'll make it fun, and you need to know about the new fiduciary rule. And I want to let every one of you know that I appreciate you. I mean, dang it. You decided to listen to me today in this show. And that just warms me up, especially because I'm such an emotional guy. Are you an emotional person? Do you cry a lot? Here's a little secret. I do. I live in a house, though, with all girls, my wife, my daughters, And when I raise my voice, because I do raise my voice sometimes, somebody ends up breaking out in tears. I mean, even if it's just me cheering for my favorite football team, the Green Bay Packers, somebody ends up breaking out in tears because I get loud during Packer games and I get excited. So when there's a touchdown or an interception, I am screaming and then I turn around and somebody's crying. However... I'm emotional too. I told you that already. I watched the movie Rudy 20 times and got emotional and teared up every single time. I gave the speech for my mom and dad's 50th wedding anniversary last summer. Didn't get halfway through and I was in tears. I was getting sick and tired of watching the cartoons that my girls, my little girls were watching on a daily basis. So I stepped in and said, girls, we're going to start watching Little House on the Prairie. That's a show I used to watch when I was a little kid. And if you've ever watched the show, you know that things get a little emotional sometimes and sad. Seems like every other episode, I was tearing up. It got to the point where when the sand park came on Little House, my little girl, my seven-year-old, would look over at me instead of the show, just waiting for me to start tearing up so she could get a little smile on her face. Why am I telling you about all this anyway? Why do I, why am I so vulnerable on these shows? Well, I'll tell you how it relates. We're going to talk about the new fiduciary rule, the fiduciary rule in general. And guess what? If you don't fully understand the rule, well, you just might end up crying like a baby too. Let's get to the topic of the day. What is the new fiduciary rule 
everyone is talking about. I thought this was a real important topic that we discussed, so I want to dedicate a show to the new fiduciary rule. In general, just the fiduciary rule too. See, many people come to my office for consultations and they ask good questions. You know, I just got done last month with the retirement planning class, so there's couples flooding in just asking some particular questions. There's other folks coming on referrals too, coming for some consultations, some discovery meetings. You know, most of these people from the retirement class and so forth that come in, they're real smart people. In fact, most of them are smarter than I am. And this whole fiduciary thing has them a little bit confused. But they're asking great questions, like asking me, Scott, are you a fiduciary? And asking about what is going on with this new rule I've been, I've been reading about and seeing, listening to on the news. And that's what we're going to unwind today. That's what we're going to unravel so we can all be on the same page and, and figure it out. I'm going to define what a fiduciary is today. We're going to talk about what this change means, who's actually impacted, and what happens now that we have the new rule. You see, you may have assumed that the financial professional you've relied on to advise you on your retirement savings had your best interests at heart. And let me tell you, that was not always the case. And in a lot of situations, it's still not the case. Did you know that individual investors like you and like me have more than $24 trillion in retirement savings. Woo! That's a big number. That's a really big number. And this includes $7 trillion that's stashed away in individual retirement accounts or IRAs. So there was a new rule announced a couple of weeks ago by the Department of Labor. And the Department of Labor is going to change the way people get advice and on how to invest that money, the retirement money, by holding investment professionals to what's called a fiduciary standard. So first of all, what does this change mean? Well, the Department of Labor, which regulates tax advantage savings accounts, is bringing more investment advisors under an already existing rule known as the fiduciary rule or the fiduciary standard, that is. And this requires financial advisors to put their clients' best interests ahead of their own profits. Imagine that. They're going to require some people to act in your best interest. Well, you probably already thought that they were. I mean, they should have been, right? When you go see a doctor, a doctor's obligated to act in your best interest as he or she should. Why wouldn't a financial advisor that has your whole financial life in their hands, why aren't they all required to act in your best interest? You see, as of now, only financial professionals and firms registered as investment advisors with the Securities and Exchange Commission or the individual states follow the fiduciary rule. That's it. All brokers and all insurance agents and most other financial professionals are held to a suitability standard, which gives them significant wiggle room 
when it comes to giving advice on your investments. And this means that they only need to make investment recommendations that are suitable for their clients, but not necessarily the best option. So picture a broker dealer right now. And let's say, let's just pretend for a second that this broker dealer is not in charge of getting you into investments, but they're in charge of selling you a new suit. Fellas, a new suit that you need to wear because you got a wedding coming up this weekend. Well, what the suitability standard means is all the broker dealer needs to do is find a suit that fits you. It needs to be the right size. It can't be fat man in a little suit syndrome. The suit needs to fit you. The pants need to fit you. It needs to be the right size. However, it can look like the ugliest suit you ever did see. It might look horrible on you. It might smell ridiculous. Your wife or significant other might not want to be seen with you at the wedding. But you know what? It was sold to you because it fits. Was it your best option? Absolutely not. That's what the suitability standard is. So who's impacted by this new fiduciary rule, this new fiduciary standard? We already talked about registered investment advisors who are regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission and individual states. They are already covered by the fiduciary standard. In fact... They always have been covered under the fiduciary standard. You see, let's go back to history for a little bit. Let's go back to the old way that retirement planning used to be done. It was really basic. You worked the same job till you're 65 years old. And at 65, you collected a pension. You collected your Social Security. And a couple of years later, if you were lucky, five, ten years later, you croaked. You were dead. You were gone. Bye-bye. But along the way, if you had a little bit extra money, you may have bought some stocks from a broker. A whole life insurance policy from an insurance agent. Or maybe even some CDs from the bank. You bought financial products. Well, the new way of retirement is completely different. Now we're working a whole bunch of different jobs. We got 401k scattered everywhere. We don't have a pension to rely on. Every investment decision we make is is, uh, up to us. There's a lot of pressure the new way, but there's a bunch of opportunity as well. So along the way, a new profession cropped it up. They were financial advisors. They were advisors that were advising on your complete financial picture, writing comprehensive financial plans. So the government said, okay, no problem. All right, cool. But if you're going to advise on somebody's financial life, you need to act in their best interest. So now you fall under the Securities Act of 1940 or the Individual States Securities Act. For example, Fortress Planning Group, my company, falls under the Securities Act of Wisconsin. And in all these acts, it states that you must act as a fiduciary, act in the client's best interest. Period. End of story. But what started happening with these stockbrokers and these insurance reps? 
They started writing financial advisor on their business cards. They no longer wrote insurance agent and they no longer wrote stockbroker. You see, the traditional stockbroker, their whole job was to sell stocks. Broker dealers would buy specific companies and the stockbrokers were tasked to sell the stocks that they owned. But somewhere along the line, they started writing financial advisor on their business cards. So did insurance agents. So now everything is kind of grayed up. And those broker dealers, they fall under that suitability standard like we talked about. And it started confusing everybody that was trying to seek financial advice. So finally, the Department of Labor said, these broker dealers, the insurance reps, man, they need to be held to a higher standard. So this new rule that you hear about, that we're talking about in the news, this rule covers all financial professionals offering investment advice for retirement accounts, including 401ks and IRAs. And under the new rule, your advisor must follow the fiduciary standard in recommending investments for your traditional or Roth IRA. This includes suggesting investments when rolling over your 401k assets into what's called an IRA rollover or a rollover IRA, or helping you set up a solo 401k, SEP IRA, simple IRA, or any other of those plans if you're self-employed. However, listen to this part. This part really gets me, and it should get you too. These broker-dealers and insurance reps recommending investments that are not in a retirement account, all bets are off, baby. They still fall under the suitability standard. That means if you're working with the broker-dealer, well, heck, some of the time they're giving you advice, they fall under the fiduciary standard. They got the fiduciary hat on. But all bets are off when you're talking about other aspects of your financial life. That fiduciary hat comes off, thrown out the window. Now we're just going to try to find a suit that fits you, not a suit that looks good or is in your best interest. So while the Department of Labor really tried to help out the consumers, the people looking for investment advice, man, it almost sounds more clouded than it ever was. In the Department of Labor, you see, they don't have control over the other investment accounts. So my company is called Fortress Planning Group. And when I set up Fortress Planning Group, I had two choices to set up as a registered investment advisor or a broker dealer. Now, because I broke into this industry in a non-traditional way, and my whole idea of starting a practice to begin with was so that I could help people feel more secure so I could help family stewards feel less stress. Of course, I was going to set up my business as a registered investment advisor, just like hundreds of other small financial planning practices have done around the United States. That was a no-brainer for me. In fact, I thought that because I was trying to set up my firm like the kind of firm that I would want to visit if I wasn't already in the profession. That's how I was trying to set up my firm. One that I would want to go to. One that was so hard for me to find when I was 
looking for a financial advisor years and years ago. And of course, when I got into the industry, I was pretty naive. You know, here was me. I was going to be the white knight in the industry. People were going to hear my story and they were going to be like, man, that guy's doing it right. That company has it going on. And then I started introducing myself and going to events and saying, hi, my name is Scott Wellens and I'm a financial advisor. You know what happened? They didn't look at me like the white knight. They didn't know anything about me. All they knew was that I was grouped in with all the other financial advisors and broker dealers and insurance reps, the whole kit and caboodle. And they take a half a step back. Their posture would change. They'd stop smiling. I knew what they were thinking. They were thinking, what is this guy going to sell me? And I don't trust him. Because here's the situation. And this is not news to you. People in the financial industry do not have a high level of trust with the community. In fact, the only profession that people trust less than financial advisors are politicians. That's how bad it is. And unfortunately, good companies, white knights like Fortress Planning Group and hundreds of others all get grouped into the same boat. And I've learned that I just have to accept it. And when people really start to understand the differences in the way financial advisors are set up, well, it opens their eyes. And all of a sudden, they're not taking a step back anymore. They're not shifting their posture away from me. Instead, they're saying, Scott, I got a couple questions for you. Can I come to your office so we can talk? And those are the times, whether they become a client or not, those are the times when I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this is why I got into the business. I got into the business to help people, to gain trust from people that need to trust someone because we need to face it. We are smart people. And when I say we, I mean you, because I'm not sure I'm that smart. You, everyone listening, you are super smart. But you have to at some point admit that you don't have all the answers when it comes to your financial life because there's so many of them. And as a family steward, we get overwhelmed. And when we get overwhelmed, we start burying our head in the sand for a little while just trying to forget all the different financial decisions that need to be made over the course of your life before retirement, during retirement, and after it's all said and done. So what happens next to this fiduciary standard for these broker dealers and insurance reps that are sometimes going to be held under the fiduciary standard? Well, this whole thing, it sounds like, will take effect in April of 2017. This is according to the Department of Labor. Until then, if you're not sure which standard your financial professional follows, make sure you ask. But I'm going to tell you again, it's not going to be as simple as, are you a fiduciary? Yes, that should be your first question, but it should not be your only question because let me tell you about something else that's going on in the industry as well. 
So yeah, ask your financial professional, are you a fiduciary? If they say yes, you ask if they're working for a registered investment advisor. The RIA is the company that's held under the fiduciary standard. If they say yes, it means that they are an investment advisor representative for the registered investment advisor, which is the company. But you still can't stop there either because there are broker dealers out there right now that are duly registered. They're registered as an RIA and they're registered as a broker dealer. Here comes the dual hats again. Sometimes when they're using the fiduciary standard, they're acting in your best interest. Other times that fiduciary hat, my friend, it comes off. And other advice they're giving you falls under the dirty man, suitability, good old boy, let me sell you a financial product standard. So your last question is, do you simply work for this RIA or is this RIA duly registered with a broker dealer or are you duly registered with a broker dealer and a registered investment advisor? If they're duly registered, well, then they do not need to act as a fiduciary. Act in your best interest 100% of the time. If you currently have a investment advisor that gives you advice, well, it's time to do a little digging. Ask the questions. Ask those questions we just talked about. You deserve to do it. You're a family steward. You're making decisions for your family that's going to impact the rest of your life, going to impact your goals, your dreams, your vacation home, your legacy. Do yourself a favor and make sure you do you do due diligence on the financial representative you're working for. And if you find out that they aren't what you thought they were, explore other advisors in your area. Or go to bestinwealth.com. Contact me. I work with people all over the United States. Even if we just have a conversation about me helping you with somebody in your area, if you're looking for somebody local, I'll do it. Maybe you want to explore what it looks like being a client of Fortress Planning Group, a registered investment advisor that always falls under the fiduciary standard. All right, please tell me I was helpful today. Please tell me that this wasn't so boring, the fiduciary standard. Now you know more. If you have questions, email me, scott at bestinwealth.com. I will help. I promise you that. I hope everybody has a fantastic week. And until we talk, Again, I'll see y'all on the flip side. Bye-bye.
The Best in Wealth podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.